Take this moment for yourself to be present. Listen to guided meditations and wellness tips designed to help you stay centered and achieve your goals. We'll guide you through the practice of mindfulness, self-care, gratitude, and love, all created to empower you to live your best life. For more, visit getgrounded.life. Hello, I'm Nirel, and this is Get Grounded, and I'm here today with a special guest, my dear friend, Oren Shai, who is a somatic leadership coach and the creator of Enlivened Lab, the regenerative leadership development community. Welcome, Oren. Thank you so much. Looking forward to our chat. Yay. Um, So can you uh, tell the listeners a little bit more about you and what you do with Enliven Lab and with your somatic leadership coaching? Yes, my background is in organizational psychology. So I started my career very much focused on developing people in lots of different contexts and types of organizations and teams. And over the last several years, I've begun to bring some of the weird stuff that I was doing on my own and behind closed doors one-on-one with leadership coaching clients and share it a bit more broadly. And I would summarize that as this idea of somatics or embodiment, uh, including other modalities and, and principles drawing from things like interpersonal neurobiology, and uh, complexity theory and lots of fancy sounding words that speak to just this idea of how we develop our awareness deeply within ourselves so that we can meet the complexity of the world around us. So that's the gist of the the spirit of my work and of course very much focus on supporting leaders or both established and emerging who are dedicated and committed to creating a world that works better for everyone and everything and making sure that we're stepping into a version of leadership that can bring about the changes that we we all wish to create wow beautiful um well that's amazing and you mentioned uh that you brought some of the weird things that you were doing um and i i actually totally understand why you say that based on what I have observed you do so can you um can you and also another word that comes to mind is like fun for me um with what I have like seen you practice so can you share uh with people a little bit more about like what is it that you do that is kind of weird or fun yeah always love talking about the weird stuff the most interesting things I think we all have weird things that we do in in private or maybe only when we're in the company of our closest relationships and i do believe that one of the things that's going to be incredibly transformative in the world and bring about a more sustainable more regenerative world is more full expression of who we really are and what really brings us alive what is alive for us and interesting and engaging and inspires us and lights us up and that's where this word enlivened really came about. Why the community is referred to as enlivened lab is because we're in this continuous experimentation around what actually is alive right now for us and developing the capacity to listen, to be receptive, to be aware and attuned to what is actually wanting to be created both when we're working individually and when we're working together in co-creation within teams. So one of the ways that we connect with what's actually alive is by what I refer to sometimes as getting weird, by getting into the body through all kinds of creative ways. And this varies, of course, from person to person, what is the most supportive in a given context. But we're talking about here things like shaking, things like uh, doing some self-massage, things like uh, walking in nature without our phones, gasp, and looking around and observing the way the light filters through the trees, 
and the way it feels as the wind grazes across our arms and noticing how that leads to a shift within our array of sensations within the body and practicing any array of different different uh, practices, different activities that support our awareness of what's moving. So really when we're talking about what's alive, I believe what we're building our awareness of is what's, what's moving, what's changing. And this is the reason I refer to uh, this concept of embodying change is this recognition of the fact that we are we are change. We are constantly evolving. And the way that we connect with that, one of the best ways I've found to connect with that, become more aware of that and actually flow with it as opposed to trying to restrain it or move against it is to return to the body through all kinds of weird and fun and enlivening exercises that bring us back down from our heads and embodying, filling our awareness, spreading our awareness throughout the entirety of the body. Very cool. And this is actually something that I have been, it's very serendipitous that we are like having this conversation and spending time together now um, at this point in life for me, because I, this is exactly what I'm practicing, right? It's like, I'm really practicing this shift from thinking into and doing into being and feeling. And yeah, those are exactly like the kinds of practices that totally make sense for me. You know, it's like, how can I just like become aware of what's going on for me right now in my body and having that be an access point to really like ground me in this experience of the present moment. So it sounds a lot like mindfulness, like how how is this embodied practice different or is it just a way to mindfulness? How would you describe that? Yeah, I'll I'll speak to the distinction or a way of thinking about this through the lens of mindfulness that a lot of us are aware of that's very mainstream right now. But I do want to first just acknowledge what you're describing, what you're moving through right now in terms of your journey and exploration and experimentation related to embodiment, because I believe that what you're describing in this individual level journey of returning to the entirety of the body, learning to live not just from our heads and our rational minds, but from all of it and all of us, uh, this is something that in our traditional model or way of viewing change and progress has been skipped for a long time. And so we've sought to create change in the world around us without addressing the world within us. And I want to name that because I believe the journey that you're describing is one that many, many people are embarking upon in this age and uh, it's one that's becoming more widely accepted and acknowledged in terms of its validity and importance and actually the essential nature of starting with ourselves changing from the inside out and that's very much what to me embodiment is all about this recognition that if we want to create a more beautiful world beautiful world and experience and way of, of living and creating together. It starts with bringing that unity to our day-to-day present moment lived experience. And the reason why I want to name that and go on that little bit of a tangent first is because there can be a reluctance in our culture of doing to recognize that value. And we're going to speak a bit about slowing down and how that relates. And the really important thing we begin to recognize as we begin deepening our embodied awareness is the intricacy of the connection between 
our degree of presence and embodiment and the quality of what it is that we create and the way we interact. And by quality, I mean that less as a, a judgment of value and more of a descriptor of the characteristic, the, the type of relationships that we develop, the type of art or work or impact that we create is very different depending on where it's created from. And that's the, in the somatic leadership work, that's really the question we're in exploration of and bring curiosity to and depth of awareness to where am I actually coming from? And so bring it back to this idea of mindfulness and how this connects. In mindfulness is one of those things that's described in many different ways. And just the word alone, of course, is, is emphasizing this idea of mental attention. And the way I like to think about this is mindfulness in its um, widely accepted form is about bringing greater awareness to whatever it is you're doing. This is a very positive thing. Um, this is something that we do want, a skill set we do want to develop, a practice we want to develop, is bring greater awareness, bring more of our attention to whatever it is we're up to, as opposed to having it split into in lots of different directions. The thing that we're building upon when we're talking about more of an embodied awareness or embodied presence that builds on what we know from just the mainstream view of mindfulness is we're bringing a very intentional form of attention to our internal experience and our sensation. And I'm happy to share more about this idea and what interoception is the word that's used in the embodiment space to distinguish between our external senses and our internal senses that many of us are not even aware exists and that world and what that's able to offer. So I'll pause there. Yeah, thank you so much to unpack there and and really well said. Um, I mean, first off, it's interesting because it feels to me like um, you started to describe that this feels like my journey feels like the um, a theme maybe that that's where we are as humans at this point in time on a more on a collective level is is grounding more in our bodies and being and feeling more. Um, as opposed to coming from this thinking, doing, uh, orientation, which it feels a lot of the world has, or a lot of maybe people who would listen to this have existed in, um, which actually is interesting for me because it feels that this is kind of coming home. Like I feel like being more in my body is just where it's where I've always been <laughs> um, and if I imagine how humans lived um, before technology and before industrialization and agriculture and settling like at all of these various stages throughout the course of human evolution it feels to me that we've been like further detaching ourselves from ourselves and I was thinking about this a little bit earlier, how um, much like how disconnected it feels we are um, from not only each other, but also ourselves. And so it's, it's beautiful to feel that this is kind of a light, like guiding us back to ourselves. Yeah, if I really, if it feels, if I feel into how people must have used to live and still do probably live this way around the world it's like that's just where we're going it's not like a totally novel thing I guess is what I mean to say um yeah and there was something else that you were saying 
about uh, the distinction between mindfulness and uh, embodied living or being. And I totally understand where you what you were saying, where basically it's like thinking about things from the mind or thinking about things at all, like thinking about the present moment or having the awareness of the present moment include things that are going on outside of us. I feel like that's a good access point for a lot of people into like presence is you know, what do I hear? What do I smell? Like tuning into senses, but that are more um, to pick up on our environment. Whereas this shift feels more like, um, what does my leg feel like right now? (laughs) Or what does my tummy feel like right now? Or like just pausing and breathing and realizing that I am realizing that I'm I'm so tired right now (laughs) you know like those little check-ins is that are those the kinds of examples or could you maybe share some more examples of um coming from a place of embodiment versus even like what it might be like if we weren't coming from that place yeah and I love how you described this sense of coming home it's how a lot of us experience the coming back to the body through these practices and i think it's actually a great way to think about what we've been up to in terms of modern civilization just like when we go and we we live abroad for a while and we leave this home that we know so well we know every corner we know where all every we could walk around in the dark and be able to navigate we've we've kind of like lost the awareness of all the nooks and crannies and and nuances but we go and we live abroad maybe we're away for six months or a year and we come back home and suddenly we're noticing all these little things that are unique or special or just interesting about our home. And I think that's very much what we're up to as modern human beings is in large part through the recognition of what we're doing to this planet that is our home. We and how disconnected we've become from it and from her and from the rhythms of life on this planet we're coming home and coming back to the that level of awareness of the nuance of what it's like to live on this planet in connection with one another and with life and that journey is is the journey of coming back to our bodies physically and this is one of the reasons why when it comes to this term of soma and somatic work, what we're referring to when we say soma, which is um, the root for the for body um, from from its Latin origin, is we're referring to the earth body, inclusive of all life, inclusive of our own body and our social body and all the connections that we have by virtue of being a living living thing on this planet. And so as we develop more of that somatic awareness, just like as we develop our mindful awareness as we're moving through the world, we begin to notice things and appreciate and feel inspired by more in the natural world. When we come back to our physical bodies and go inward and develop this and reconnect with really our awareness of what's moving through us internally, we begin to notice the way we can detect a really subtle form of sensation, what we refer to as the felt sense, which is 
a quality of experience that is not at the mental or emotional level where we might say, for example, I'm, I'm feeling sad. What we would say and explore in this embodied practice might be something like, I'm noticing this feeling of of um, almost like a twinkling is how I describe it in my in my gut it's I'm I'm experiencing it with this kind of light color almost but it feels like the sensation that I feel with it is is <laughs> what's coming up for me now is is twinkling is almost like it's it's moving and spreading in little bits throughout my my belly and my gut and it has a uh, a warmth to it and I feel that warmth rise up my chest and into my neck and face and we begin to bring this just more descriptive way of relating to our sensation and practice instead of doing it from the kind of storytelling default of how we think and interpret our experience to be to describe and connect with the sensation from inside from almost imagining if i'm feeling the sensation in my belly how does it feel not just at my skin but how does how does my stomach lining experience the sensation And we begin to leverage different tools that allow us to slow down the activity that's happening in the body enough to become more deeply aware of this depth of sensation. And sometimes people have the response, well, why do I, why do I really necessarily care? It sounds, I guess, nice, but why, why do I actually want to be connected to this level of sensation and and I think one of the reasons why and I asked this question of myself as well in the in the beginning one of the reasons why we asked that is because um, we we're not necessarily getting the type of information that we've learned to value where the information we've learned to value is why am I feeling sad? Oh, that thing happened. That person said that thing to me and it made me think of that other thing. And so that's why I'm feeling sad. And that's good information because that can tell me, oh, I just need to yell at that person for saying the thing that made me sad. Or I need to go take whatever action I need to take. Whereas at this level of sensation, we're not seeking to make sense of anything. And that's the key distinction where we're going to a level of awareness uh, beneath, how at, least, how at least I experience it, beneath sense-making. And what if we stick with it long enough and we develop this awareness with enough regularity and consistency, what we begin to experience in day-to-day -day life is more space. So when we hear somebody say something to us that leads us to feel sad instead of feeling like we immediately need to take some kind of action or to retreat or to hide or to fight we experience a degree of spaciousness within which there are more options there is more of an opportunity to connect with what our true center and authentic way of being in that moment might be to really be fully with that experience of sadness and and allow it to communicate in the way sensation communicates through the body what it what needs to be expressed and what needs to move going back to that idea of being in continuous movement as opposed to uh, repressing or contributing to the stagnation 
of our experience. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, there's a lot there. Um, I noticed as you were saying some of this, that we both started closing our eyes, um, when you were talking about what it felt like in your gut (laughs) right now. And I was also, as I was listening to what you were describing going on inside, I was going inside too, um, and feeling these different sensations in my body. And I guess what came up for me was that, which has been coming up as I've been practicing this, um, some a lot of times when I do that, it's uncomfortable, like physically. Um, I realize that I am like uncomfortable. Um, maybe I'm you know, I'm realizing that I'm sore in different parts of my body or that my, I'm tired and like that hurts. <laughs> um, and I've, you know, heard people describe going into their body, like part of the reason why they do whatever they do to avoid it. If it's like drinking or, um, but being a lot on social media or whatever it is that they do to kind of like that we do, I do too to like deny myself that connection to myself or be in denial of how I really feel or just like disconnect to as a protective mechanism to basically like not feel that pain. Um, Is there anything that you have that you can share in the way of like, if not advice, then like, um, I don't know. Do you have anything basically to say around um, helping people kind of get past this this idea or or moving through this idea of like what happens if I go inside but it's painful? And for people who are like in physical pain, chronic illness, I've really have heard these things as well, which is a little bit maybe harder of a question in in those cases. When it comes to the pain that can arise and the discomfort in general that can arise when we go and begin to bring our awareness into the body, it's a very real thing. And from my experience in my work with clients over the years, one of the almost uniform sources or origins of a large proportion of that pain in the beginning, I would say, is from judgment. So my first thing I would say to your question is paying attention to where judgment comes in. And what I mean by that is where your mind is saying I should not be having this experience. This is not a good experience. This is not the right experience. What I'm feeling, I shouldn't be feeling. I don't deserve to feel this way. I, this feeling is not warranted because what this person did, I shouldn't be having this reaction to. uh, Because I'm so fortunate that with everything that I have and I and the resources I have access to in my life and where I live, I, I shouldn't be wasting my time feeling this way. These kinds of judgments, these are the, the source of so much wasted creative energy in our world. And Um, That can sound like a judgment in and of itself, but I say that um, to point out that we can spend an entire lifetime wishing that we were not having the experience that we're having or that we were not feeling what we were feeling or feeling that we are perceiving ourselves in a negative light because of what our experience is. And all that is doing is 
taking energy that could otherwise be put toward deepening our awareness within ourselves, which is in turn deepening our awareness and presence in how we show up in life. We could be putting that energy in that direction. And I want to say immediately on the heels of that, that our culture is designed, our society is designed when you look from system to system to support our continuous self-judgment. This is why the self-love, self-help category is as big as it is because everyone in our culture is dealing with self-judgment. I do not sit here and speak as though I'm somebody who does not experience this. This is something that one of the reasons why I believe these embodiment practices are so powerful and this work in general, which is encompassing of other modalities as well, is so powerful is because we're creating the space to see, ah, there is a judgment. I have an opportunity now to take a breath, put a hand on my body, locate where the sensation is, and give myself some support and compassion and space to be with the fullness of my experience. And what we begin to see is that we have more capacity to do that and to be with the discomfort, whatever emotional or um, pain arises or memories arise, we have a lot more capacity than we initially often give ourselves credit for. But, and I was working with a client this week who was moving through some of this and beginning to connect some of these dots, having moved through incredible trauma in childhood and adolescence. And at a point in life when this person didn't have the emotional maturity, the just wisdom and life experience, the um, just development of an adult at the time to be able to be with what they experienced Mm -hmm. and their body with the incredible wisdom it has broke the circuit and formed a layer of protection in order to protect this person's center, in order to protect their ability to just be alive and survive. Now they have the capacity to be with the experience and to process it, to allow it space to move as opposed to storing it away. And so now, as in this work, some of the uh, embodied results of that trauma are arising, they're able to now be in connection with people in their life around this experience, in connection with their body related to this experience in a way that allows the experience to be digested. So yes, the discomfort is part of the experience of getting to become more intimately aware of our moment to moment sensations where there's going to be discomfort. And I would argue, yes, we have to be uh, aware of the way trauma manifests differently for different people, Um, different forms of pain, manifest differently for different people. And we want to be incredibly uh, conscious of those individual to individual differences. And I would argue that we are likely to suffer far more if we continue to live a more disembodied existence and pretend like those sensations are not actually there 
running the show, leading us to project all over the people around us, to take action from a place of trigger. All of that is creating far more pain for ourselves and for the world around us than if we were to slow down enough to be with the fullness of our experience. Yeah, and there is a lot of great work on this um, that, you know, we watched the latest, one of the latest documentaries by Gabor Mate, who writes and speaks a lot about trauma and how that lives in the body and how that manifests um, in addiction and stress. Um, and then a couple of books that I'm reading now, The Body Keeps the Score and How to Do the Work, both also being really body oriented and talking about trauma. And that's, that's so wild when we see our experiences through that lens, because for me, doing that actually helps me remove judgment. Like if I remember that what is coming up for me in this moment is um, coming from a place of this protective mechanism that my body was doing in order to survive um, at some point and now it's being triggered in this moment and that's what I'm feeling all over again then it kind of reminds me that like it's coming from a place of self-love you know it's coming from a place of like my body wants to survive wants to protect me you know like cares about me and then I can have like a pot like a relationship with my body that's like coming from that place of love um and not judge how I'm feeling in this moment or how my body is what my body's doing to me in this moment you know yeah. Um, and I feel like that also extends to others in my experience as well. I feel like when I frame when I frame the way that others are showing up in this moment through this lens of well, like how how could this be? How could this this way that they're acting or these words that they're saying how can that actually be coming from a place of um, disharmony within themselves? You know, like some unresolved trauma, like maybe they're not showing up and connecting with their body and processing their experiences because it's so easy otherwise to take it personally and feel hurt myself based on the way that other people are showing up. You know, it's kind of like this whole practice for me of like looking inwards actually also really helps me which you mentioned like kind of connect with other people and like really relate to other people because I'm just like because I'm feeling more of my own experience I feel like I'm better able to empathize with other people and their experiences yeah so it's really beautiful I love this practice I'm so excited about it <laughs> and uh, so excited that you're sharing it with people and um, we talked about slowing down a little bit. Um, I'd love to, you know, just share a little bit more, talk a little bit more about like what role does slowing down play in our embodiment, embodied living practice? And um, we can go into like some ways that, um, some ways that we can practice slowing down and yeah what are some challenges that come along with that why we're fast in the first place and maybe need to slow down one thing that's really cool that i believe is really cool that's happening in the mainstream and pop culture to an extent is this almost romanticization of the nervous system mm -hmm. You know, there are just more and more conversations about the nervous system. More of us are referring to and developing a relationship with what our nervous system actually is, what it means. And 
that's that's really when we're talking about slowing down we're talking about developing a relationship with our nervous system that is evolutionarily designed in a beautifully um, sophisticated way to ensure that we survive to ensure that we're aware of what the threats are around us that we can anticipate them that's number one number one priority for our nervous system is not feeling amazing and being excited and and just like being high on life that's it's of course we appreciate that as as human beings but that's not job number one and so if we remember that job number one the way we evolve so successfully is by having this incredible amalgamation of of cells and structures within our body that support us in being so finely attuned to our environment and where threats might arise then going back to that compassion to that judgment we can recognize okay this this um, system that is associated with the anxiety that i feel that i maybe even identify with that i've been told is me for so long the system at the root of that is an important part of my body is part of this thing that contains my essence and my soul and who i am and we can begin to shift our relationship and this is what i believe really true self-love is about is shifting our relationship to these dynamics that we experience as human beings and finding with this humble curiosity a level of appreciation for these different parts of ourselves despite the um, negative ways in which they might have a negative in quotes impacted our lives um and also negative not in quotes some things here objectively suck um but this is uh when we're talking about slowing down getting back to the question <laughs> we're talking about beginning to through some of these interoceptive aspects of our awareness to notice how charged is the word i like to use how charged is my system right now if we want to go to the neurobiological terminology um, how aroused is my nervous system right now nervous system arousal is a, something that is also becoming more commonly part of the lexicon and this is where we can begin to explore something you and i chatted a bit about which is what does my body actually need and really this is the the next evolution of this idea of personal professional development advancement is not about creating or or developing more of these hard skills that we can apply and um, transact for an exchange for a certain salary but is developing this depth of awareness within ourselves that supports us in attuning to what our body needs developing the internal tools the subtle skills that i refer to them as that allow us to then give the body answer the request from the body and then be in the world with a presence that is supportive of connection of true collaboration and co-creation so we're through the nervous system learning how to be aware of when we are triggered how to be with that trigger how to support the body in quote unquote grounding or in some ways we might describe that as 
activating the parasympathetic response or the rest and digest, the slowing down or the de-excitation of the nervous system so that we can come back to our center, to this spacious place of choice, to this place of home within us and unity and connection and integration within ourselves because that's the place that we then create more unity around us from. Wow. (laughs) Um, Amazing. And, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, we, we did talk a little bit about some practices uh, for kind of noticing what the body needs at this moment. And I feel like that's a fun exercise that I wanted to share with people too, as we talk about this. So um, I made a little list for myself uh, about like, what does my body, what could my body be needing right now? <laughs> so I feel like this is a good place to share because especially who, for anyone who's listening who hasn't tried these embodied practices, or even if you have, um, it's like, it's kind of like learning a new language or like remembering a language that you once knew, but you haven't like spoken in a while, <laughs> I feel like. And that's communicating with the body. So like asking the body what it needs right now, then giving it what we feel it needs, then seeing how the body responds to that, and then feeling like, you know, maybe there's something else or maybe not. Um, And so for me, it's kind of looked like grounding in, taking a moment, pausing, slowing down. That's what I think you were saying, right? It's like, where the slowing down plays into things is that it gives us this space, allowing us to kind of check in with what we really need right now. And so slowing down and feeling. And so some of these things on my list that have come up for me is when I slow down and I feel and I breathe, I realize I'm tired, like I mentioned earlier, and I need to rest. So maybe I take a little nap or I get more sleep that night. Um, And also very importantly, like we were saying too, taking judgment out of that um, as opposed to just kind of feeling like, oh, I'm tired. Like, man, I really should be sleeping more or like, um, I wish I weren't so tired right now, (laughs) you know. And then other things like sun or warmth, cold, water, uh, touch, like you mentioned, face massage or just self-massage. Been doing a lot of that recently. Breath. I mean, I often pause for a moment and I realize that like, I don't remember the last time that I took a deep breath. (laughs) Um, Nourishment, which could be challenging because I feel like sometimes my body crosses signals and I think I'm hungry, but I'm really nervous or something. And then darkness and light and movement. I don't think I said movement, but that's such a big one. So yeah, for anyone who's listening, see if you can take a moment, maybe pause this and or try tonight before bed or when you're starting your next day and just kind of sit and breathe. And just allow yourself that space to take a few breaths. And invite the awareness of what is my body feeling right now and let this question of what might my body be asking me for right now guide that attention as well and that 
sensation really and grounded feeling. Yeah. So I feel like um, this is probably a good place to ask you a couple wrap-up questions. Um, what do you, what are you, what are you practicing right now? <laughs> Practice is such a, such a, an ongoing thing and it's always evolving. If I had to describe what I'm being especially attentive to practicing right now. Hmm. It would be slowing down. <laughs> I think that's something that is always um, that I always come back to because I feel as though in my work, you know, I work with very fast-paced teams. I am fortunate to connect with incredibly intelligent, just brilliant people who are doing really fascinating things. And as somebody who has a pretty strong internal engine, I, I can get revved up and get very comfortable moving really quickly and adding all the things to the to-do list and then getting into this cycle of wanting to get more efficient and more productive and um, you know all the things we're, we're trained as good um, members of capitalism to do to become more and more productive. And for me, coming back to slowing down as a practice is so supportive of everything else, of all of this work of if we really come back to what I believe is the thing we're all after, this depth of connected, alive presence that we all want to experience, that we all want to be and return to and remember. As human beings in a human body with a nervous system that is designed to protect us, the only way we can cultivate that quality of presence is if we allow ourselves to slow down. And so for me, it's continuously coming back to this practice of noticing the judgment that says, Oh, you should really, you should really move through those. Make sure you're through those um, checks on your to-do list today. You should really. And you're you're tired and and you feel like you need some rest, but you should really just go like another hour and and get this stuff done. And be on the computer for just force yourself, even though your eyes are tired and you feel like you could really benefit from stepping away. Just just stick with it a little bit longer that pushing through because every time I come back to it, I am uh, reminded of how much potential there is that we can miss when we're moving too quickly, that we can miss when our just internal experience is, is swirling and our minds are just moving at this pace that does not allow us allow us to be in our bodies in this moment. We think we're going to miss out. We think we're going to miss out on the next opportunity or on this way of, of affirming our identity that we have or achieving some sort of validation. But actually the reverse is true and we miss out if we don't come back to 
and our felt sense and our moment to moment experience. So a very long way of saying I'm practicing slowing down. Wow, that is such an interesting way of looking at things. Like we feel kind of a fear of missing out by moving slowly because the lens through which we're viewing that is that of like doing, but really it's in just being that we're able to catch some things that we may have otherwise missed. Yeah, it's kind of like hamster wheel versus like just chill, chill hamster. <laughs> Actually, uh, we had a pet as a as kids, and my youngest sister named him Gandhi. He was a hamster. <laughs> so that's kind of how I'm envisioning this right now is like Gandhi, the chill hamster, who like stepped off the hamster wheel to just like take a moment, slow down, practice embodiment. And I feel like her naming him that when she was however old she was like four six years old <laughs> was kind of like a metaphor for this a lot of wisdom there but um wow yeah thank you so much for sharing and where where can people find you thank you so much for having these hosting these conversations this is what we, we need to be talking about right now and practicing. Um, you can find me on Instagram. The handle is embodychange, embody.change, or you can just search for my name and you'll find me or at enlivened.co. So that's E-N-L-I-V-E-N-E-D.co. And, um, and I'd love to also just share a, a resource and maybe we can include a link to, to a resource that hits on some of the topics that we're talking about. I find that sometimes um, some of the conversations around embodiment, and maybe this one did for some people, uh, can feel somewhat abstract and hard to grasp. And visuals are always helpful. And um, one thing we can practice as we're relating to some of these frameworks is... Um, bring them into how our body responds to a framework inclusive of our head rather than just our head. So rather than how do I understand this thing from a conceptual lens, practicing how do I take this idea, this principle, this concept, and explore what it means if I sense into how it shows up for me in my body. So a parting offer for as people potentially explore some of these different ideas around embodiment. Look out for uh, approaching it from the same mental lens that we learn to study and work from and see what other ways you can relate to the material from. And it really all comes back to practice. Definitely amazing. Thank you. And I also totally feel that the word practice is like I remember in school, I was always so interested in theory and understanding things in this abstract way. And that's great for my mind, but it's totally different to just understand something through practice. I feel a lot of people will resonate with that. Well, it was amazing having you, Oren, and thank you so much for your presence, and this was really beautiful. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that um, you take away from this uh, some, some a little bit better understanding of slowing down and embodiment and that you start to explore what this means for you um, and start uh, experimenting with some practice as well. And have a beautiful rest of your day. And until next time, stay grounded. <laughs>